Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. All right. Wow, the last Sunday in 2019. A new decade. Thanks for sharing that, Pastor Andrea. That, that, was, that was inspiring. The way we start, I like that. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Pastor Tim Travis. I'm the pastoral care pastor here. And I have the honor of filling the platform today as our senior pastors, Pastor Terry and Pastor Anita, are away getting refreshed. So we pray that God blesses them and brings them back to us to lead us strong into 2020. So I'd like to start out today by just offering um, on behalf of myself, my wife, my brother who watched first service, my sister who's here, here with us today, we want to say thank you very, very much. My daughter's here with us also um, for the outpouring of your love for us and the passing of my mother. Um, it just was overwhelming. Just want to say thank you for that. She's up there rejoicing in heaven. Uh, Get with me privately, and I'll tell you a little private joke we've been saying about her and my dad, but um, probably wouldn't put that out here on, on, on a Sunday morning service. But she's rejoicing up there, and it's a wonderful day today. So in 2020, you know, some of you may be saying, wow, 2020 is going to be great. 2019 was great. Some of you may be saying, I can't do 2019 again. Just can't do it. To me, to say, you know, the, the things that have gone on in our society have been really crazy, things that have gone on personally. But I want to let you know that your heavenly father is in control, all right? He has not abdicated his throne. He's not given up on you. Matter of fact, he has great, great plans for you in 2020. And here at the Father's house, we have heard from the Holy Spirit, and we have designed a plan based on the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to give you some tools to walk strong and start 2020 in a really, really positive way, no matter what's going on out there in society. So we know that this year is going to bring about an election, and in this election, um, it's going to get a little crazy. It's going to divide you on your job. It's going to might divide you, you know, with your family, with your friends. But we want to say that our God has greater plans than any election. He has plans for us to be able to make a difference. See, he has placed you in this year, 2020, and where you are for such a time as this. He has placed you in the sphere of influence, in your family, in your friends, in your job. He has specifically put you somewhere so that you can make a difference. How many of you would like to make some sort of positive difference with other people in 2020? Well, let's go on that journey together, and today we're going to talk about how we can do that. So in, in keeping kind of with that theme of, of the election, I have a quote today, and um, I would like for you, especially if you're, if you're watching online, um, Father's House, let's welcome our online people today. I have a friend of mine um, from Salem, either watched last service or this service. Jack, if you're out there, man, it's good to, good to see you out there. And I have a quote, and if you're watching online specifically, please don't shut off until the very end of the service because kind of like Paul Harvey says, you're going to get the rest of the story at the end of the service. But when we talk about leaders and taking office, I want to say this. What does a spiritual leader say? Today you are invited by life to elect yourself a spiritual leader. 
How about that? You don't have to worry about casting a vote. You can elect yourself a spiritual leader. See, a spiritual leader doesn't necessarily say, follow me. A spiritual leader says, I'll go first. Decide today to take the oath, to promise to go first in demonstrating forgiveness, compassion, understanding, generosity, kindness, cheerfulness, positivity, and love. Just think if we all did that in our sphere of influence and it grew and grew and grew, the massive change that we could all make around us in life today. So again, at the end of the service, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the author of this definition and how that has touched my life. So what tools can we use in 2020 that we can make it a better year and that we can make a difference? I'm glad you asked that question because that's why I'm here today. I'm going to let you know what tools we're going to use today. But to do this, I get a chance today to just have fun with you today. Want to just have a little fun in church? Can we have some fun today? I am going to tell you my favorite Bible story from when I was a kid. See, when I was a kid, my favorite Bible story was from the book of Esther. So you can all begin to turn there in your Bible. It's a small little book of the Bible nestled between Nehemiah and Job. And go ahead and start to turn there. And my dad would tell me this story. My dad was the greatest storyteller ever. He would tell this story with facial expressions and would almost like act out all the different parts. And every time, you know, what story do you want to hear? I want to hear Haman and Mordecai and Esther. And I know sometimes in the back of his mind, he was probably like, really, again? But he never did. He was always so excited just to tell me the story. And to honor him, I brought on a platform with me today um, his preaching Bible. Yeah, he, um, he probably taught out of this Bible for over 40 years. And I watched him carry this Bible into the platform. And by the way, it's a Schofield reference Bible, which is still a very, very good reference Bible. It's kind of one of the, the um, fathers of current modern-day reference Bibles that we have. But I wanted to tell you this story. And in this story, we're going to look at different truths that hit us in this story and how we're going to tie them into the tools that we use. So you ready? I want you just to kick back today, relax. If you've got a bottle of water, a cup of coffee with you, go ahead and feel to take some of that, drink some water, drink some coffee. I'd say put your feet up, but maybe we shouldn't do that today. And um, just let me tell you a little bit of story. Let me tell you a story today. So this story takes place years and years ago when the Jews were held captive, okay? So they were in captivity. And our story begins with the king throwing a party. How many of you ever been to more than a one-day party, like a party that lasted a couple days, maybe a weekend or something? A couple of you out there know what I mean. <laughs> the king threw a 180-day-long party. Now, that's a long party, all right? And you're thinking, 180 days. And I can tell you this, in this party, it didn't take the king long to get all wired up and mess up in the beginning. By day seven, he calls for his queen. Her name was Vashti. And he wants Vashti to come in and kind of parade around in front of all the guys so he can show her off and say how pretty Vashti is and this and that. Well, she doesn't want to do it. And there's a couple different um, thoughts on why she didn't want to do it. The, the, the prevailing thought is that she knew that the king and all of his friends had been drinking for seven days and she didn't want to be their object of attention. And so, you know, we kind of applaud her for that. We also know that at the same time, Vashti was throwing a party for certain nobles and noble women that weren't invited to this party. And history would say that during this period of time, 
this king had a lot of people that wanted to overthrow him. And she was kind of afraid for her life. So she thought in the middle of this party, he's drunk, his friends are drunk. If, if, if a coup takes place, she would have all these nobles and noble women in a room. and She could kind of hold them for ransom for her life. So for whatever reason, anyway, Vashti doesn't show up. And she refuses to come. And she is eventually removed as queen because of defying the king. When I look at this, I can say it appears that the king and Vashti didn't really have a great marriage. I think they could have used some of our married people help that we give you here at the Father's House. See, here at the Father's House, we value marriages. And if you've been to any of our married people events, then you know. And so if you haven't, or if you have, I want you to know that on the back table back there, right next to Kristen, wave your hand, everybody turn around and say, hi, Kristen. <laughs> We have a table, and on that is a date night in a box, and it is our gift to you for all of our married couples. And I want you to take one of these, and I've been told that there's prizes scattered throughout a couple of these. So let's see. Let's see. I got the regular date night box, and I've already peeked in here. It's really, really cool. But there are extra prizes in a couple of these, so make sure that you get your date night box. And um, guys... Take the lead on this, please, okay? We're the men of the household. Take the lead on this. And if you do, and if you follow the instructions in this date night box, you will be very pleased at the results. So let's go ahead and do that. That is our gift to you, moving you into 2020. So anyway, the king and Vashti split up, okay? And um, Vashti is removed as queen. But what we see here is the, the spiritual truth and principle that we can gather here is that this eventually opens the door for Esther to become queen. Now, Esther doesn't know any of this is going on. Esther is she's just a common, everyday worker, okay? She, she doesn't run in the queen and the king's circles. She doesn't know Vashti. She's never met Vashti. She's never met the king. But see, God is working behind the scenes to fulfill Esther's purpose. That's what he's doing for you. Even when you can't see him, even when you don't feel him working, God is working behind the scenes to help you fulfill your purpose as long as you are faithful and true to the call that he gives you. So that's chapter 1. In chapter 2, we see the king has an open call for a new queen. The king don't have to date. He doesn't have to call anybody up on the phone. He just puts out a call, and all the beautiful women in the kingdom get to come and try to be queen. I don't know. Doesn't sound... I don't know. I don't want to say it's chauvinistic. So I don't want to say it sounds really good. Women might not think it sounds good. I'm not sure. But anyway, enter one of the players in our story today. His name is Mordecai. Mordecai is a Jew, but he has got a pretty decent position of authority in our story. He is the gatekeeper. And Mordecai is raising his niece, Esther, because Esther's parents had been killed. And so Mordecai hears from God that this is Esther's time. So he brings Esther into this pool of women, and she is one of the pool of women that is chosen to go into a year-long training to be queen. Hey, guys, how would you think today if our potential wives had to go into a year-long training to be our wife? What do you think? 
Look, don't leave me hanging up here all by myself. My wife's sitting right there. Thank you, AJ. There you go. Anyway, they had to go into this year-long training, and during this, they are trained in social graces, what to say, what not to say, what to ask for, what not to ask for, all of these different things. And one by one, the king would call one of these women into his presence, like to have dinner, and during then, he would talk to them, and, and kind of as their reward for putting in the time, they could ask for things. So they could ask for a lot of money, land, or certain things. And the king, maybe he would grant it, maybe he wouldn't, based on how he reacted to them. So Esther has some people around her that are helping to train her. And they tell her, they say, when you go in, number one, just be yourself, listen to all the training you've had, but don't ask for too much. Only ask for what you need. Don't try to take advantage of this position that you may or may not get in. And so Esther decides to listen to this advice, okay? And she walks out in the purpose that God has by her to her by following two guiding principles, okay? The first one was not to ask for more than you needed. The second one was given to her by her uncle Mordecai, who warned her not to tell that she was a Jew, because again, the Jews were slaves, and he didn't want her to blow her chance. So she listens to Mordecai, and catch this. This is maybe something you and I might could take advantage of in 2020. She didn't put her private business out publicly for everybody to be a part of. What do you think, you know? Maybe... Maybe we could live a little bit more like that, all right? Now, again, social media is fantastic. It can do some really great things. But sometimes living your life and putting all your private business out there, and then you wonder why everybody's all in your business all the time when you've just laid it out there. So she keeps that quiet based on what Mordecai asked her to do. She also listens to the palace advisor and doesn't ask for more than she needs to sustain her for the rest of her training. See, she, she had already gotten this principle, and she listened to a financial advisor, basically, who said, ask for only what you need, and in the end, you'll be blessed more. So in 2020, maybe some of us should listen to a Christian financial advisor. You know, as we sign up for life groups in February, we have a financial life group. We have a couple here that train us on how to take a budget and be the best with the money that God gives you, all right? They're going to teach us a lot of different principles. They already taught it last semester, and it was a smashing success. We are so looking forward to having that again. Another thing that you'll learn in this class and that, that, that we teach here at the Father's House is the principle of tithing. So maybe for you, moving into 2020, you say, I'm going to go ahead and grasp a hold of this principle of tithing. It is the one thing in the Bible where God says, test me on this. He's saying, so, you look at all your bills and you say, I can't tithe. And he's like, you know what? Really, it all belongs to me because I've given it all to you. I'm asking for 10% back. Test me on this, he says, and see if I don't open the storehouses of heaven to bless you. So, you know what? How cool would it be to take that tithe challenge this this year, if you haven't, and begin to tithe in 2020. Or maybe we learn to, need to learn to live within a budget, buying what we need rather than overspending on what we want. I mean, it's really tempting. Um, I, I was talking to my brother about this um, last week, and he and I both have some, some, some vices, so to speak. His is t-shirts, all right? He, he likes the t-shirts. So he's like on all these websites, 
um, you know, 39, 39 Line, Grunt Style, all these really tactical websites, and they had these great deals on T-shirts all the time. For me, it's kind of like um, um, everyday carry stuff, bags, knives, flashlights, and I have all these websites. Oh, and it's free. Just spend $9.95 to cover shipping and handling. Yeah, well, when you do that four times a month, you know, that's 40, 50 bucks a month spending on this stuff, and then I'll look up at the end of the month, it's like, man, where'd the money go? Oh, T-shirt, knife, another knife, another knife. So I was talking to him, and I was telling him, this is one of the principles that I'm moving forward in 2020. So I took the, the, the start to unsubscribe from some of these websites. And he and I were talking about that, about living within the means that God grants us so that we have more of our money left over to be about God's business. See, not that he doesn't want me to have a cool T-shirt. This is a cool T-shirt. My wife got me this for Christmas. That's pretty cool. But he doesn't want me, he didn't bless me with a job just to have all the latest cool gadgets. He blessed me with a job so that I can go out and be a blessing in his kingdom to others. So maybe that's one of the principles that we can live by. That we'll be more concerned about the welfare of others rather than our own welfare. So as the story moves forward, in every good story, you got to have a couple different things, right? You got to have like a secret plot going on. You got to have a bad guy, and you got to have a good guy. Well, while all this was going on, there's a secret plot to overthrow the king. Seems Vashti knew a little bit more than maybe people gave her credit for. And so Mordecai finds out about the plot, and he gets word to Esther, who gets word to the king. The plot is overthrown. The king is saved, and Mordecai gets nothing. Nothing. No thank you, no pat on the back. No raise, you know, he doesn't get the good shift at the gate, he's still got the early shift or whatever, you know, he doesn't get anything. And that could put us in a, in a bad taste sometimes, because sometimes we would like to get accolades for what we've done, and sometimes God's saying, it's not yet, not yet, wait, I got you, remember, he's working in the background for your good. So sometimes he's saying, look, just hold on, I got you, I've seen it. Remember even, you know, Jesus talks about that in the, New, in the New Testament when he talks about fasting. You know, don't walk around with, oh, I'm so hungry, oh, 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 for everybody to see. He says, no, do that in private because that's where your heavenly father sees you. He sees what our deeds are in private. So Mordecai doesn't even get anything for what he's done. But again, we said that every story needs a good guy and a bad guy. So let's enter the bad guy here. His name is Haman. Haman is in the king's court, and he gets promoted to number two. He is right under the king. He has got it made. Anything that he wants, power, prestige. He doesn't pay for a Starbucks. He doesn't pay at Red Lobster. He just gets anything that he wants, he gets. And people, he, he is so power hungry that he makes people bow down to him as he walks. My dad would walk like this, and people would have to bow down to him, right? And so he's got it made. I mean... How cool. I, I've always thought this. Being president, for some people, is probably a great job. For me, vice president's got to have it going on. Dude, you got all this power without all, without all the responsibility. Well, that's what Haman had. He had all the power with no responsibility. He just got to hang out with the king. If the king went on a safari, Haman went on a safari. The king went to dinner, Haman went to dinner. He had it made. People were bowing down except for one person, Mordecai. See, Mordecai believed in Jehovah. Haman wasn't a god. 
Mordecai would not bow down to man. He would only give his honor and his praise to God. This infuriated Haman. He got so mad at this that he wanted to kill Mordecai. But he knew that, okay, Mordecai just wasn't a really nobody. He was a gatekeeper. And if all of a sudden Mordecai disappeared, people would ask questions. And it could come back to him and get him in trouble. So he gets with his friends, and they soup him all up, and they get, you know, and he starts listening to, to their drama, puts it with his drama, and they come up with this plot on how they can get rid of Mordecai. They plan to kill all the Jews. So Haman goes to the king, and he says, hey, king, you know, we got different people groups that you've conquered that live in your land. The king's like, yeah, we're doing pretty good. He says, well, there's this one people group that doesn't listen to your laws. They disobey them all. They talk about overthrowing you. They talk about a greater king, another king. And the king's like, really? Well, what do you think we should do, Haman? He said, Haman says, I would like to, out of my own private money, raise an army so it's not going to cost the kingdom anything. King, I love you so much, I would do anything to protect you. I'll even spend all of my money to get rid of these people. I'll raise the army, I'll command the army, and we'll kill them all. King's like, wow, man, my boy got my back. That's pretty good. So the king stamps it and seals it and puts it into law. Now they had um, more, uh, Haman and his friends had wanted to choose a date when they would do this, and so they basically rolled dice. It was called the Purim, okay, and that's where we eventually get the the Jewish holiday and feast that comes from from this. And you'll have to, we'll, we'll get to that in, in, in a minute. But so they pick this date, and it's like a year from now. So it gives Haman a whole year to raise this army and, and to get ready to kill all, all, all the Jews. And it gets a little crazy because not only would Mordecai be killed, but if they found out that Esther was a, was, was a Jewish woman, she would be killed also, and the queen would be killed. I don't know if Haman thought that through. But he didn't know at that point in time. But later, he, he would find that out. So he's thinking, I just want to be able to get rid of one person. Now he's got all this, all this opportunity for joy. Our pastor just spent four weeks unboxing joy. Man, Haman could have cho chosen joy. He could have had it made for the rest of his life if he'd have chose joy. But he allowed one little thing to fester inside of him. One little person, one little person at work. That, that, that gets on your nerves. One little incident here that you just can't get over. To fester and fester to the point where he wanted to kill not only one person, but a whole race of people. So again, every good story needs a, good, needs a bad guy, but also needs a hero, right? Got Darth Vader, you got to have Luke Skywalker or Han Solo for some of us older guys, right? You know, you got to have the good with the bad, right? And so enter our hero, and our hero in this story is Mordecai. All right, remember, Mordecai's got some, he's got some experience at uncovering plots, right? I'm not sure where he got his info from, but he kind of had the streets wired. He knew what was going on. I guess he listened well at the gate, at the gate. Wow, I didn't say this first service. Maybe we should all listen a little bit more in 2020. Or maybe that's just for me. I don't know. But thank you, Lord, for dropping that into my spirit right now. So anyway, enter our hero. We pick up the story in chapter 4. Mordecai finds out about the plot. He and other Jews 
put on sackcloth, ashes, and fast, and cry out for repentance. Interesting. They didn't gather a prayer meeting. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? They didn't go home to their wife and say, oh, the car's broke down. What are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. I'm losing my job. I don't know what to do. Right? It's just me. Nobody else ever does that when they get in some trouble. Somebody don't leave me hanging. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Right, right, right. No, you know what they did? They fasted and prayed and asked for repentance. I find that very, very interesting. But as we look through the Old Testament, we see that putting on sackcloth, which was old clothes, ashes, fasting and praying, was a way that the Jewish nation reached God when they had a problem in their lives or with the nation. We see this over again. We see it first in Job, when Job did this. We see it in Nehemiah, when Nehemiah called for this. We see it in Ezekiel, and then we see it again in the book of Daniel. So, again, they, they, they wanted to ask for repentance and then seek the answer that God had for them. So in 2020, when trouble comes, let's immediately, excuse me, take it to God and ask him not to make things go away, but what is my part of the solution? See, instead of just treating God and saying, please make all the bad things in my life go away, instead, let's say, God, help me to cowboy up and be part of the solution in 2020. Help me to man up, especially men, and be the spiritual head of my household <coughs> in 2020. And let's see what my part of that solution is. So Mordecai takes it to God, and this is what he hears from God. He hears that Esther, can I have some water, please? Thanks. <coughs> Excuse me. Thank you. Mordecai hears that Esther is part of the solution also. So he gets word to Esther. He says, Esther, I want you to go to the king. Tell the king about the plot and get him to change his mind so that your people are saved. Okay, that sounds too bad. She's the queen, right? A little pillow talk. Hey, baby, you know that, that, that law you got going on? Well, you know, I'm a Jew too, and you're going to kill all the people, which means you're going to kill your wife. No, it just didn't work like that back then. For the queen to approach the king without being summoned could mean her death. If she went to approach the king and he didn't hold out his golden scepter, that means he didn't want to see her. And because she came into his presence without being summoned, she could be killed. So guys, let me bring it down to a modern day. Okay? It's yesterday. Ohio State's winning. You know? And Clemson's on the comeback. And you got your feet up in the recliner, and your wife comes in front of the TV and says, I need for you to take out the trash. And you say, okay. And you miss the, the comeback of Clemson. No, it didn't work that way. Back then, the queen would be killed for that. So, you know, for making you miss Clemson's comeback, right? <laughs> that did not happen. I just, that did not happen. On a side note, isn't it interesting how Clemson didn't play anybody all year until the very end, and then everybody was afraid to play Clemson in the first round, and then they finally, you know, anyway, that's just, just a little aside. We can talk about that later. <laughs> but Mordecai, 
This is the words that he gives to Esther. And this is in Esther chapter 4, verse 14. It's up on the screen. You can follow along with me. It comes from the Amplified Bible. It says, <clears throat> Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not imagine that you and the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. Let's stop right there. Heard this story, taught this story, read this before, never ever really sank into my spirit from there, that last line there. Liberation will come from somewhere else. God always has a plan, and God's plan is greater than man. See, if Esther had refused, the Jewish nation still would have survived because Jesus has to be born. But he tells Esther, if you don't step up and fulfill your purpose, you and your household will perish. Ties right into what Pastor Andrea said to us today. She said, think about if you start well, by the end of this decade, the long-lasting positive effects it can have on generations. Think about that. But the opposite's true, too. If we, especially guys, I'm going to speak to men right now again, as the spiritual heads of our household, if we don't step up and lead our households right, how can we then complain 10 years down the road when the legacy isn't there that we wanted? Let's start right. Pastor Andrea, thank you for hearing from God on that today. I think that is a word for 2020 for the Father's house. Of course we want to finish strong. That's biblical. But we want to start strong too in 2020. I love that. So let's finish this verse here. And then the famous line. You've all heard this line before. And who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this and for the Amplified Version adds for this very purpose. 2020, you are alive and doing life in your circle of influence for this time and for a specific purpose. God has placed you on your job. He has placed you in the certain restaurants that you like. He has placed you in the recreational activities that you like. He has placed you even in the social media circles that you like for a specific time now and for a specific purpose, which is to further his kingdom. So let's keep that in mind. That is our plan and that is our purpose. So Esther draws courage from the Lord. Her plan is to fast and pray for three days for the strength and courage to walk in her destiny to go to the king. She also, I love this, she enlists her community. She tells Mordecai, get all the Jewish people to fast and pray for three days with me. So she enlists her community. And then she takes it a step further. The word says she enlists her handmaidens. That's her life group. See, that's the people that she does life with on a regular basis. So in her time of need, she didn't run, you know, to here or to there. She went to those that she's doing community with. She went to her life group. So that means that you, oh, I'm sorry. A bunch of you can't run to your life group, can you? Because you haven't been in a life group. I'm really sorry about that. Because life group is where we find encouragement, and life group is where we find accountability. So I want to encourage you in 2020, if in 2019 you can think back to a time when you said, man, how cool would it have been when we walked through this as a family? If I could have picked up the phone and my life group would have been there. 
that can happen for you in 2020. How many of you have been in a life group and had some kind of positive effect from it? Awesome. Now, how many of you want that for everybody that comes to the Father's house? That same positive effect. Great. So we can do this together. Here's how we can partner and do this together. Number one, we need everybody to sign up for a life group. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. You get in a group of people with like interests, and you spend a little time holding them accountable, encouraging them. They do the same for you. We study a topic, a spiritual topic, or maybe it's sermon studies, and we come together as God's people. And I love this. I love it during our kids' sports season. I got to look at y'all because um, I've I, I just seen this so often with, with like, like Ashley's kids and, 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 and Stephen's kids and, and, and some others that, that have kids, um, Santiago's kids, and they play like soccer together or they're in band concerts. And I look up and I see on Facebook their community doing life together. And it's so cool because it's not like me and Pastor Terry were calling and saying, okay, you must as a life group go do this. No, they're doing it together because that's what we do as God's people. We do life together. So back to that, how we can partner with, every, with each other. If everybody in the Father's house is going to be in a life group, we need a couple more life groups. So you can be a life group leader. Hold on, don't shut your brain off. Don't do it, don't do it. You can be a life group facilitator, all right? You're already one. You're already one. You don't even know it. Somewhere on your job every now and then, you get two or three people and go to lunch with, right? Somewhere in your community, you get two, three people and you go for a walk or you do go fishing or you do something. That's a life group. That's all we're asking you to do. And on January 11th, right after Saturday morning prayer, we are going to give you the opportunity to be trained. We will train you. We will help set your life group up. We will give you topics or you can do sermon study, and we will help you be a life group facilitator. So think about that. Directly after Saturday morning prayer at 8 o'clock, prayers from 8 to 9, and then you could be in a life group and you could lead a life group. Speaking of Saturday morning prayer, we are going to start the Father's House as a church. We are going to start the year as Pastor said and Pastor Andrea said, in prayer and fasting. We are going to start with 21 days of prayer and fasting, okay? And we have this great brochure. It's on your Sunday experience guide. And look at that for such a time as this. Look how the Holy Spirit works. I'm telling you, that's awesome. And in here are different types of fast. There's a 21-day liquid fast, a 21-day soul fast where maybe you would um, if you're not fasting food, you would fast television or social media or golf or fishing. Frank, you want to fast fishing? Where's Frank? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's my buddy. That's my buddy. <laughs> a 21-day selective fast where you would just remove certain elements from your diet. Maybe a total seven-day fast, a lunch fast, a partial fast on Wednesdays. Fast is sometimes called the Jewish fast, and it involves abstaining from eating any type of food in the morning and afternoon. So from like 6 to 3 will be from sunup to sundown. Um, the Wesleyan fast usually ends around 12. So any different thing. We're not dictating to you how you fast. That's between you and the Lord. Also in this guide is a prayer focus. Because, see, and who came to Saturday prayer yesterday? Because if you didn't, you missed it. Christine taught us yesterday, and she mentioned prayer and fasting. And this is, what, this is a principle that she gave us, that 
Fasting is about connecting with God in a better way and in a more real way. So if you're fasting food, you're fasting breakfast and lunch, but during breakfast and lunch, you're outside cutting the grass, you just went on a diet. You didn't connect with God, right? And if you're fasting Facebook or social media and you're not connecting with God during that time, you're just staying out of other people's business for 21 days. So let's remember to connect with God. That's what fasting is all about. And to help us do that, Pastor Terry has put together this prayer focus, and it's 20 days of specific things that we will pray together as a church. So I know when I'm praying, Lila's praying the same thing, and Miss D's praying the same thing, and George is praying the same thing. On day 11, we're all going to pray about hearing, obeying the voice of God, and it gives us specific things that we can pray for. This is such a good brochure, and we're going to start that out. This Saturday at 8 o'clock, Saturday coming, next Saturday, we are going to anoint you and pray over you for your fast. We would like for you to, have, to come to prayer and let us know what your fast is, and we're going to pray over you. And if you happen to be working or something like that, and you can only slide through for a quick minute in between 8 and 9, we're going to be out in the lobby also. Be a couple of us pastors. We'll be out there, and we're going to anoint you and pray for you. Saturday morning prayer. I would really like for you guys to say, you know what? Tim, I'm going to commit to Saturday morning prayer at least through the fast. I'm going to start with that, and I'm going to see where God takes me the rest of the year. That's my challenge to you. Do it through the fast and see if God doesn't lead you for the rest of the time. How many of you right now have something in your life, a family member's life, or a personal, spiritual, physical, some sort of breakthrough that you would love to happen in 2020? Man, I'm putting both hands up and jumping. All right? How? Keeping that same thought in mind, if you were millionaires, how many of you would spend any amount of money to make that happen? Yeah, I would too. I'd sell the house, the cars, my possessions, anything. What if the cost wasn't money? What if the cost was time? What if the cost was 52 hours? One hour a week, Saturday morning prayer, 8 to 9, where you came and said, this year... I am going to dedicate eight to nine. And I'm not only going to pray for that thing that's on my heart. I'm going to pray for the church. I'm going to pray for everyone else in the church and what's on their heart too. Just throwing that out there. All of us would pay any amount of money, but will we pay time and spend time with God for that? Just something to kind of think about as we keep going. So again, as we talk about enlisting our life group, it's really, really cool because as Esther enlisted her life group, women, you have a community here. It's called sisterhood, okay? And I want you to get involved in sisterhood in 2020. You've got a great movie night coming up January 31st, 6.30 p.m., concessions available. You're going to have this great movie. You can see right there it says text movie. And please, don't tell me, I've seen the movie already. I don't want to hear that because how many of us, Take that clicker and find that comfort movie that we've seen 182 times and watch it again. Come out and support your sisters on this night. This is a great time to bring somebody who you've been trying to get to church. Hey, just come on out with me on, on this Friday night. We're going to hang out. We're going to watch a movie. I'll introduce you to some of my friends. We'll have some food. It'll be fun, right? And there'll be tissues so you can, you know, when you cry. You know, I'm just kidding. It's all good. But it'll be a great, great time. So let's support that. You're going to have other sisterhood events throughout the year. Guys, 2020 is our year. 
Vance, we got it going on. Dr. Brad, we got it going on. 2020 is our year. Men's ministry is going to step up to a new level in the Father's house. Um, we are, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. We have changed our name from Band of Brothers to Brotherhood. Sisterhood, Brotherhood, got it? We want to, you know, we want to help out our sisters, you know? We, we love them, you know? So we have a great event. Our first event in 2020 is on Super Bowl Sunday. Now, don't worry, I'm going to have you home in time for the Super Bowl because if you're my age, you really want to watch the Super Bowl in your own recliner with your feet up with your own refrigerator around the corner, right? Okay, so, but we're going to have a tailgate party from 3 to 5. All right, Super Bowl starts at 6, kickoff won't be to like 6.20, something like that. Anyway, you're not going to miss any of it. So I want you to text TAILGATE to 352-329-2301. Five dollars, all the food you can eat. We're going to have games. We're going to have fun. Let's come out and be together. Men, we can't, we can't complain about we don't have any events, and then when we have something, we don't show up, right? We got to support one of the things my wife and I were talking about, you ever go to Mount Dora on any of their events? You know what makes those events great? The town people show up. Mount Dora supports what they do in Mount Dora, okay? That's what makes that quaint little town such a hot spot. So let's do the same, guys, here this year in 2020 at the Father's House. Let's come out to the events. We are going to have a men's conference coming up in April. You're going to hear more about that. Um, as, as in 2020, as, as the year starts out, it's going to be great. Uh, um, it's also been in the guide and on the P papers, you know, when you stand. And, and oh, okay, that's enough. It's in the P papers in the bathroom about the, um, <laughs> that's what we call them. I'm sorry. We call them the P papers. That's what we call them. All right. Ladies, they tell me they're on the back of your door, right, guys? They're, you know, where you can see them. Okay. Anyway. Woo. All right. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on. Bring me back. Bring me back. Bring me back. But the, thing, the, the, the point there is Esther involved her life group. So you weren't made as a Christian to do life alone. You weren't made as a human being to do life alone. We've got to get into community. So Esther purposes to do what is right, getting back to the story, and she decides to go to the king even if it costs her her life. How about this for a principle in 2020? Let's be thankful and faithful to say the right things even if it's not popular. In January, we are going to learn, our pastor is going to teach us how to make right thoughts turn into right words, right actions, and right habits to build a character that will make a difference in our community. So chapter 5, to kind of bring this thing around, Esther goes to the king. He holds out the scepter. Prayer and fasting works. She is invited in, okay? She invites the king and Haman to a banquet. They both accept. Haman has this great honor, but he still can't find joy because Mordecai still won't bow. The next night, the king can't sleep, and he asks his, his um, servants to read him from the book of memories. I mean, how, how great is that, man? You can't sleep, somebody just reads to you, all right? Okay, now I'll help you all out, okay? So the next time you can't sleep, call me up at 2 a.m., and I'll re-preach this sermon. That, <laughs> it's an old pastor joke, all right? Anyway, okay. Old lady sleeping in church comes to the pastor and says, hey, you know, next time I can't sleep, I'm just going to call you up at 2 a.m. You can re-preach that sermon. Anyway, okay, anyway. So what I want to invite you to do in 2020 is read the Bible. Read your book of memories. See, because when the king read this, when they read this to the king, they found out and they read him a story where Mordecai had saved his life. And so what happens was Mordecai then gets elevated 
and he gets his reward. So your reward always doesn't come when you think it's going to come. It comes when God has the time for you. But spoiler alert, as you read the word, you are going to find out about an assassination plot on your life. And you're going to find out how Jesus foiled that assassination plot on the cross. Now, together, as a church, we are going to read the New Testament through. This is going to be great this year. We're going to do it on version, okay? And it's the Bible app on version. And if you go to our website under the events page and scroll down right under the version, then it's all the, it gives you the instructions on how to sign up. We're going to all read the New Testament together, so we'll all be reading the same thing on the same day. This is a really, really great app. At the beginning of each book, there's kind of like this little drawing. You ever seen those apps where people draw as they, as they talk and it creates the story? And it'll give you the background of the book. It's really cool. Let's do that together. There's already a bunch of us signed up. Let's do that together. So, this is where the story gets really great. We got another two hours? No, no, no. This is where the story gets great. This is where my dad would actually stand up and he'd start acting out all the parts on what happens to Esther, what happens to Mordecai, what happens to Haman, what happens to the king. I don't have time to finish that to you today. So, your next step today is to go home and finish reading Esther chapter 6 through 10. Men, fathers especially, I challenge you to do this on your own and then gather your family around and tell your story, tell this story. Maybe in 2020, how cool would it be if once a week you had this kind of family story night, okay? And if you don't have kids, you could just do it, you know, with your spouse. If you're not married, you could do it with some friends and say, hey, you know, let's all pick, let's all take a week or a one evening and pick our favorite Bible story and see what God would speak to us through that Bible story. I want to thank you guys today for letting me tell you part of my favorite Bible story. Kind of honor to my parents, and, and, and thank you for letting me honor them today through that. As we kind of draw to a close today, I'd like for you to bow your heads with me, if you would. Some of you sitting out here saying, wow, Tim, fasting, I don't even know anything about that. Life group, that sounds pretty cool. I could do that. Read the Bible, yeah, I could probably do that, but you know, I think I'm missing something in my life. I'm missing that relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't, have to, I don't have to beg, prod, or anything because those of you that I'm speaking to know right now that your relationship with Jesus Christ is not where it should be. Either you've never asked him into your life or you did and you kind of just rolled away from him a little bit. So today, what a great decision to move out of 19 into 2020, submitting your life and your heart to Jesus. So with our heads bowed, I'm just going to ask you right now, just real, real simple, raise your hand and say, Tim. And that's me. I just need to make a rededication of my heart to Christ. Tim, I just need to get my life back on track with Christ in 2020. I just want to do that right now. I'm just going to say a prayer with you. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to do anything like that at all. If you're online, maybe this is something that you might want to do also. So what we're going to do is we're all going to say a prayer together to support those in their heart that are thinking this or maybe someone online. So if you just say this with me today, dear Father, thank you that I am in such a time as this. I know you have purpose for me, and I want to submit my life to you as best as I can. I want to invite you into my life and serve you in 2020. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, 
All you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.